Stand by for the Terry Saul Show. Five. Roll tape. Four. Cue Terry. Three. Bring audio up. Two. Stand by. One. Play intro. Stay tuned for the Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. Well, good morning and welcome to the Terry Saul Show, Salem's original radio station. We are KSLM AM and FM. I am your host and I'm so glad that you joined us this morning. Amanda has joined us as she does each and every Saturday. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. How are you, Terry? I'm doing fine. We have a great guest in here this morning. We do. You My husband's eat? favorite. Your husband's <laughs> favorite. Okay, we know he's got one. you got one void. Vote. Uh, Kim Thatcher, who is running for District 11. 11. Okay, yes. you held up two fingers. 11. Because two ones. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. One one. Uh, one she's one. joined us this morning. She's going to be with us for the first half of the show, and then we'll be talking with Dan Farrington the second half of the show Correct. today. All right. Good morning, Kim. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into some of your uh, your politics here. Okay. Well, I was I've lived in a lot of different places because my father was in the military, and oh. then don't they call him military brat? Well, except he wasn't. He was enlisted, but then he started out in Idaho because that's where all the water is for the Navy. You know. Okay. Yeah, I know it doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> <laughs> if and then you he say served. So. He served on a submarine in uh, off of uh, well, he started out in South Carolina, and he would go all over the world in places he couldn't tell me about growing up because it was still classified. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, kind of cool. But now it makes me really curious. Has, are we done with that classified stuff yet? Right. Anyway, so then we went to Minnesota where he used his GI Bill, went to school, and then he served. So then we moved to Tennessee. So I lived there for a little bit, Oak Ridge, and then moved to Oregon. Funny, when we were in Tennessee, after having moved from Minnesota, they say, how come y'all talk so funny? <laughs> and I thought, have you listened to yourself? Anyway. <laughs> Don't you like the y'alls? Y'alls. I love oh, y'alls. I love y'alls. I still use it. I can because I actually lived there and I can do that, right? Like with I've with legitimacy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. And so, anyway, I've lived in Oregon most of my life, but I've also yeah. lived in some other states. Here? I do. It is a, a state we need to save. Yeah. It is really neat. It is. And we've had 40 years of one-party rule. And what I mean by that is we have we have governors. The last Republican governor was about 40 years ago. Which is crazy. Wow. And that means that they that's the office that's carrying out all the rules. And the laws and making the rules, appointing the agency heads and also appointing the judges. I think by the time Kate Brown is done, she will have appointed all of the judges on the Supreme wow. Court. Right now, I think it's about five of them. And Martha Walters has stepped down uh, or resigned as, as chief judge. So and don't so, you think yeah. it's time that it's we get, time. Rid of, get rid of them all? Well, what we need to do mm-hmm. is bring back balance. Yeah. We have to have balance in our state. We're not a red state. We're certainly not a blue state, as might be indicated by our government. Pretty, we are pretty purple. Even. We're yeah. pretty unusual. We're pretty unpredictable. We I mean, are. we can vote for, you know, one thing on one side and then the opposite on, then, on another then, Kim, ballot measure. Why, why has it been 40 years since we've had a Republican in office? What is the deal here? <sighs> some people credit vote by mail <laughs> with that. Um, some people... You're not cre- a fan of that? I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I know that it... it a lot of people absolutely love it, but I think there are some things that need to be looked at. In fact, that's why I've always said for many, many years that we need to look at it from top to bottom, from registering to vote, clear down to counting the last ballot. But I also think we need to look at beyond that as well. Right. Are right. we are we doing things right? Are we keeping our records correct? But yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with that. And then the redistricting that happened, uh, especially in two thousand ish that era and it totally turned upside down just re 
redrawn. I mean, right. weren't even any similarities to the previous map. Redrawn the Senate districts and, and legislative districts and congressional districts and to the point where it really favored one side. And yeah, and we've had that too, even just this last redistricting. Mm-hmm. I was in 13. I'm now serving in District 13, completely different than well, Senate District 11, obviously. <laughs> right. two, two numbers different. So, I, uh, is yeah. it, is, because it's different locations in the state, the city, how, is it, how do I determine well, what district is what? They they look at population. It's supposed to be roughly the same population in each district. And then, then they look at uh, other factors such as you know school district boundaries or natural boundary lines or you know roadways and, and right. transportation. That's, that's just how it ended up. I'm actually... Thrilled with the fact that I was put into Senate District 11. All I did was add Kaiser to basically the, roughly the same district right. that Senator Peter Courtney is serving in right now, which is North Salem, East Salem, and goes up to Brooks, Jervis, and Woodburn. How so did... now you cut out Wilsonville. Wilsonville, Sherwood, Newburgh, right? Uh, St. You... Paul and Hillsboro. Oh wow! And King City. Oh geez. Yes. How did How did you get started in politics? What made you want to go into it? I mean, you you, you take some heavy hits. Yeah, yeah. If you're a politician. Oh, especially if you're in the minority. <laughs> That's it. I bet. That's got to be difficult. It, it, it is, but you know what? I the reason I did get involved, it was never on my life's to do list. In fact, it was it never even occurred to me. Yeah. When there was a big tax vote in Oregon, I could see. I just really felt like the the government was using me and my business as an ATM. I thought, oh, gosh, it's really time. Got to do more than just vote. Mm-hmm. Got to be paying attention to what your representatives and your senators are doing down at that Capitol and keeping an eye on them, holding them accountable. And that includes me. But there was this tax vote. And so we were trying to get it back onto the ballot so people could you know, have a chance to have say in it. And we actually were successful in overturning. It. Wow. <laughs> that was back in, you. that was back a, you know, a few years ago, but people were saying, Hey, our representative is taking us for granted. And, just thinking we'll just vote for him regardless of how mm-hmm. he votes. And so we need to replace him. I'm saying, yeah, we sure do. And pretty soon the eyeballs started looking at me. And I'm like, wait a minute. Fact was not, I'm like, uh-uh, no, was that's your, not my thing. Was your family okay with you going into politics? They were, amazingly. They were? They were. Are they now? Right now they're like, when are you going to be done with this, Mom? <laughs> Gosh, we want to see you again, Mom. We don't want to see you all stressed out, Mom. Anyway. <laughs> Like, well, uh, what are your biggest challenges that you faced doing this position and running and being in politics? You do um, have to find that balance. It's hard to find that balance. I mean, you know, between work, it's still a citizen legislature, still have run my business, but I still have, you know, I've I've assigned (laughs) managers and things like that to take the brunt of those types of things. But I have to still get involved when things go sideways and all that. But uh, finding that balance with family, the grandkids, the the vacations here or there, you know, just many, the things that... How many grandkids that, do you have? I have seven and one do any day. Whoa. So it'll be eight well, we're, pretty we're watching soon. watching the phone, so that phone lights up. you got to go fast. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. Our I, grandchildren right are the best. They are. They are. You They're earn incredible. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My son told me, he says, Dad, you treat them better than you treated me. And I go, you got to understand, I like them. <laughs> yeah. I can spoil them and then hand them back to That's you. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, let's get into a little bit about uh, some of the other issues that you, you, you're dealing with. Let's talk about uh, crime and homelessness. Is that even a word, homelessness? Homelessness. homelessness. It is a homelessness. Is the state of being homeless. Yes, there, there is. It's definitely a thing. And I'm, I, I'm using some big just, words here. Just, <laughs> <laughs> well, just on my way here to this interview, I, I drove past the homeless metropolis that's out on Hyacinth, and it's just growing every day, and, it, uh, and it's going to get colder every day. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, 
it's frustrating because there's so many people that really want help and they want to get into housing and they can't, but there's these barriers and silos and money and blah, blah, blah. And then there's these people that are recalcitrant and don't want to live by the rules, don't want to do anything that requires them to participate in society in an acceptable way. And they want to do their drugs. In fact, the, the news is out all over the country. Come yeah. here if you want to do it, literally. drugs. It really is. It, and so we're attracting so we that, that here. How do you change that? We don't allow it. And so what we have to do is get people to either participate, use the, the resources that are being made available to them through our, our communities, or move along. And, f- and especially if they're from another place, they need to be sent back. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah. We can't. We, we have to focus on our own. We can't afford to bring on all the world's drug addicts here in, in Which Oregon. Which is what we're doing. It kind of feels like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem like the we moved up here about 30-some-odd years ago. And it, we didn't have the, the homeless camps. We didn't have the tents and stuff now. It just seems that since, what, maybe COVID, uh, we started getting all of these people here now. Yeah, and it also had to do with a, a Supreme Court decision. Boise, the city of Boise, said, we don't want homeless. you got to move along. You can't be here. You can't be camping out on public land. you got to be moving along. And they were sued. And it was brought up to the Supreme Court. Really? And they said, you can't kick them out unless they have a place to go. So that's the thing. We have to make places to go. We have to look at the resources we have mm-hmm. and create places to go. And some of those places might be back to their own hometown. (laughs) (laughs) We we were recently in in, in Denver, Colorado there, which I'm from Denver originally, and you don't see these these tense cities anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because it's so dang cold back in Denver. (laughs) It it, it gets cold. It gets cold. Yeah, it's going to get cold here. And I asked my my niece, I said, how come there's not homeless people? She says, they don't allow them here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like that, we don't allow them. We don't quit coddling and creating this hammock of despair. That's what we're doing. Right. We're we're enabling despair and decay in our in our neighborhoods and our communities, and it's breeding a whole bunch of other problems as well. It is the homelessness, like the public kind of ties in with public safety and mm-hmm. just all of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's all getting broken down. And, and and I'm tired of all the social experiments that are being thrusted upon us and have been thrust upon us for the last forty years. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Crazy. Agreed. That's crazy. Let's shift gears and talk about education. Where do you stand? Why are you laughing? Where do you stand with education? Oh, man, there's just so much mess right now with education, especially in the Salem Kaiser schools. They because don't Amanda and I, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt you, but Amanda and I, we have a we have an issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. do we, we? Yes, we have that issue. Kindergartners. Oh yeah, with what they're just teaching the little kids, and yeah. what do you want to go by? He, she, them, they. Why aren't they focusing can... on colors and and numbers and letters and stacking? Blocks and building Legos. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's, so you, that's you really have, what they should be You have be grandchildren. Doing. I have a granddaughter that just started first grade. And it. I don't want to see her being asked these questions. No. Let's talk about, like you said, what color is this? And, and, and yeah. let's draw pictures and stuff. Learn the, the foundations for the next things that they need to be learning to function in society. And that doesn't, I'm sorry, that does not include all that. That's just. How did, how did, how did that get started? I don't know, but it sure did enforce every every meeting. There is the introduction of folks with their with their pronouns, and I feel like you know you can call me whatever pronoun you want. If you want to call me a he, that's on you. I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I want to make you feel comfortable, and you need to be comfortable saying in speaking your language and I, changing your language and making a trip all over yourself in order to communicate with somebody is not being thoughtful of the other person. I don't think that's my book. Right. I, I asked my granddaughter the other day. I, I didn't come right out and ask her point blank i said but i said what are some of the questions your teachers are asking you and she she didn't she didn't go there Mm. she uh, says well we talk about math a lot we talk about reading and stuff Mm. like what do you read 
And she just told me some book about Henry and Beezus or something. <laughs> I thought, okay. So they haven't gone there yet. Oh, that's good. And I'm just hoping to hell that they, they don't end up going there. Yeah, that can be a lot. Okay, right. so what my question just left my mind. Oh, yes, okay. What is your top priority? What is the first thing that – what's your main focus, I guess? Well – Right now, the cost of living is crazy, yes. and it is more crazy in Oregon than it needs to be. It's terrifying. And, and I think we can do a lot in the state to make things a little less crazy. Right. And so that would be one of my one of my things. I, I mean, we've had this one-party rule, all those things, and here's the things that I think that are driving it. The cost of gas, mm-hmm. right? When that goes up, everything goes up everything. because everything depends on it, mm-hmm. right? Well, we have no refineries in Oregon. We have a what's called a low-carbon fuel standard that makes gas, at least about two years ago, I heard it added about 30 cents more per gallon than it otherwise would. And it's just a special mix of gas. There's the diesel bill from 2019, which cuts into, uh, you know, it's, it affects the, the prices. And then there's gas t- tax hikes from the transportation pra- package of 2017, not to mention the, the allowing of tolls on existing highways. Yes. Then we have the governor's cap-and-trade executive order. What is that? that? Well, that's what um, Republicans were trying to stop. It it she, in fact, she just announced that she was going to – she uh, signed contracts or basically entered into agreements with British Columbia, Washington, and California on implementing a cap and trade that will make, by design, our gas prices increase. Okay. okay. We need to take a, a short break. When we come back more with today's special guest, Kim Thatcher, you're listening to The Terry Saul Show on 104.3 FM, 1220 AM with Amanda Smith. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule, State Farm Insurance. Stick around. We're just getting warmed up. Back in just a minute. Hey, this is Terry Saul, Saltissimo. You know, when it comes time to move into a new home, it's time to consider Don Lule Homes. The Lule difference is simply setting the bar for quality service in Salem. Find out today about custom-built new homes. Don Lule Homes offers open floor plans, quality craftsmanship, and over 50 years of excellent experience in new construction. Beautiful homes are coming soon. Call today and ask for Erica at 503-428-6992. Don Lule Homes. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by The Lule Group. Welcome back to the Terry Saul Weekend Show. We are talking with Amanda Smith, and our guest today is Kim Thatcher. And again, thank you for coming in. How long is your term going to be? In the Senate, it's four years. Four years? Mm-hmm. So we won't see you again for another four years? Unless I run for something else in between. You think you My family to? would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, enough is enough. So really quick, exactly what is what would be your job description for that position? Well, in the Constitution, your obligation is to balance the budget. Okay. That's really the, the obligation. But along with that, we also Has it ever been balanced? Around, yeah. It, it is balanced. A lot of creative accounting, I would say. But, yeah, it is <laughs> balanced. Um, we have, uh, you know, a lot of debt still. But right. it, it's taken into account through the bond. I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not on that committee. I find it horrendous. But, <laughs> um, so they're working the numbers. 
Yeah, they're working the numbers, mm-hmm. but and it, it, yes, and they always have their eye on that kicker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't want you to have your money back. Nope. <laughs> okay, so we were talking on the last break about gas prices and mm-hmm. those types of things, and how you want to kind of help the economy with inflations. Yeah. So can we kind of pick up where we left off with that? Well, that list of bills I gave you that make your gas bills higher mm-hmm. you're at the pump. Anyway, it's not even getting to what's making utility costs even higher, and your housing even higher mm-hmm. and land costs even higher and what we have is just a mess of things that really need to be reevaluated yeah. relooked at reworked to make it make more sense for instance the um when we're talking about oh gosh now i can't remember the term but dang it, it was supposed to be climate change friendly it's what so they were thinking well if we make it so that your power has to come from other sources not just gas or you know coal or wherever because an electron running through the, the lines. It doesn't tell you where it came from right. anyway. But um, yeah, so but they don't count hydroelectric, for okay. instance. And that, yeah, renewable portfolio package. That's what it is. A renewable okay. fuels portfolio. Yeah, that's what it is. And so that's that's causing your utility bills to go up. And then you have these places like Eugene saying, well, new builds can't use natural gas. Are they crazy? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. You're cutting out all these cheap, can be very clean. Yeah. Yeah. Reliable. Mm-hmm. Very domestic reliable. <laughs> sources of energy to heat your house. And yet, well, they've already kind of knocked out uh, wood burning stoves because of pollution in a lot of places. And you don't have, have that. Well, when you take <laughs> you know, away option. those options, then it becomes a house that's hardly affordable also because of all of those right. types of things. It adds on to the cost of the house, which <laughs> it's already really hard. Yeah. Well, and they also have to make them so that they're um, compatible with solar power and, right. and electric you know vehicle exactly. powering and, and all these things that all these extras all these extras add I mean, they add up mm-hmm. and even new rental housing afford supposedly you know affordable right. housing will have to have air conditioners yet they talk about how weak our grid is on one hand they talk about how they're tired of unaffordable housing well those are the types of things that make housing unaffordable. Absolutely. And if you're living at the coast, Oregon coast, do you really need to have air conditioning all the time? Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> Open your weeks. window. <laughs> there's a wee couple, yeah. There's ways of cooling your house down. I mean, but that, I mean, I just don't think it's right to just right. put this big old sweeping broad brush all, all over everything and, and force everything into... Do you do you get frustrated when you're sitting there and... and, and, and <laughs> Because That's I, an I, understatement. You, so you do. You, oh you sit there gosh. and say, come on, folks. Look, look Yes. Yes. Well, it's like I feel like we're trying to almost copycat California and look how well they're doing over there. They're not. We are. It, we do. If you look at California's latest thing, I'm like, oh, no, this will be next in the legislature. Right. It's coming. You know. Absolutely. It's just Absolutely. like, come on, you guys. Yep. When they say when they're not going to allow gas car vehicles after 2035, guess what Oregon announced soon after. Yeah. To- but I, I heard, uh, I was watching one of the shows over the weekend there, and they said that in the flooding in Florida, those gas, or the, I'm sorry, those electric yeah. are catching fire. Yeah. Well, that's not going to be wet. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think we need to have all options available. I, mm-hmm. You know, electric, I have an electric car. I have a hybrid car. Shame. I have gas vehicles. <laughs> I have I have all of them. So I just think you can't just rely on one thing. Right. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I also have a wood stove, so I, I, I can warm, I can warm oh, myself up when there's an ice storm. <laughs> when there's an ice storm, I've got heat. And yes. I got a gas stove that I can heat up my food, too. Yes. I can just light 
the burner. Okay, we'll it's be awesome. getting her address so we can go over there when that storm <laughs> exactly. hits. Exactly. Please, we know where to come go. on over. Yeah, where to go. Absolutely. I'll share. Wow. <laughs> Let's talk about something we were talking about off the air real quick. We only have a couple minutes left here. If a ballot is stolen, and that's happening right now, mm-hmm. people are losing yep. their ballots. Yeah. They, the mailman will deliver, and then those ballots are yoinked right out of mailboxes in neighborhoods, and it's happening all over. Um, I had a conversation with somebody last night. I was trying. I was doing get-out-the-vote calls, and she said, yeah, all the ballots in our neighborhood got stolen, and I can't even vote. And she's under, well, this person was undergoing some health problems and probably won't be able to make the trip down to the county clerk's office like so many other people would. But that's, it, that is absolutely, you know, not right. So, yeah, if you're not, haven't seen your ballot by now, you should contact your, you should contact your, your county clerk. And you can go down there and show them your ID and get another one. Yes. Replacement. Yes. So. And they can see whether you vote or not. But if you, really, if you haven't gotten your ballot and it shows you voted, you really have a problem. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that, uh, yeah. Okay, so I have now have a question with should you because I've I've heard a few different things. Mm. Should you submit your ballot and drop it off the day of, or do you drop it off? Like a week ahead of time. Personal preference. Um, okay. So one way, if you wait to the last minute and get it in that day, like go in to the ballot drop box downtown right. by the by the county clerk's office where they're not you know less handling. A lot of people choose to do that, but you'll probably be getting a lot of get out the vote calls nagging you to get your ballot turned in. <laughs> and if you choose to get it uh, in right away, that that takes care of that. But you right. know it all it does also make it a little less predictable getting it in the, the, that day of. Right. From any other standpoint on how hard somebody else has to work on the opposition. Okay. I guess. Okay. With our last thirty seconds here, um, why why vote for Kim Thatcher? We need change. You know, I have been in there, and about I've been in, uh, fighting an uphill battle for a long time. And if I can get some more team members and people that bring some balance to the state, we can move uh, Oregon in a better direction. I don't think we've been going in a very good direction. And with a, a Senate, I think there's a possibility of having a Senate that's in at least maybe break even, Democrats and Republicans, or maybe a slight Republican majority. That will make all the difference in getting appointments for the governor, whoever it is, either helping those along or mm, saying, no, that's a little too far, mm-hmm. however it goes. And so, yeah, it's real important that we get change, and I need – I'm the path – right through this district is a pathway to that balance. If people wanted to, to help you along, what's the best way to get in touch with your campaign? Kim at Kim Thatcher is the is the website. If you need to email me, it's Kim, excuse me. I know I just said something wrong. KimThatcher.com is the website. Kim at KimThatcher.com is it. the email address. Do you yeah. read your emails? I do. I'm going to send you one just, right. just, just to see. <laughs> okay. Hey, when you when you win, will you come back and talk with us again? It's been fun. Absolutely, I right. love it. Thank awesome. you, Kim. Thank you so much, Kim. You're listening to the Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. We're back in five, four, cue Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to the Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. Hey, this is Terry Saul, Saltissimo. Are you in the market for a new car? Well, if so, I encourage you to do what I do. Head down to Lule's Car Connection. Lule's has been selling quality vehicles for over 30 years. Lule's brokers any new vehicle selling within dealer invoice. Check this out. Lule's has financing with most major lenders and credit unions. So do what I do. Stop by Lule's Car Connection, located at 2055 Mission Street in Salem, and tell them Saltissimo sent you. Lule's Car Connection. 
Welcome back. This is the Terry Saul Weekend Show, Salem's original radio station, KSLM AM and FM. I am your host. Today, Amanda Smith has joined us, and we have another guest in this morning. We do, we do. Why don't you introduce him? This is Dan Farrington, and he's kind of, you're running for, uh, sorry, House District 20. Uh, House District 20. For some reason, I wanted to say see, 21. See, I pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want to kind of go over that district? Yeah, so House District 20 is a part of South Salem, uh, West Salem, and Monmouth and Independence. Okay. So I, I call it four cities. Okay, and what exactly would your position, what would that entail? Well, it'll be a, I'd be House District uh, rep- State Representative in that district and represent them with uh, 59 other peop- other state representatives in the State House. And hopefully I, we have a Republican governor and control the Senate and we can be close in the House. Right now the House is 37 to 23 and wow. we're hoping Republicans can gain some ground there and get, some, get our voice heard, actually. That's the main purpose of running is to get our voice heard. Absolutely. Dan, what is one of the... The, the major things you want to go after? The Number one is the, the job the jobs in the tax structure that they have for small businesses and large businesses. Um, the cat tax, which is the gross sales tax, is number one because we need to revise that. Um, when any time you tax somebody on their gross sales before they pay any of their bills, that affects the bottom line number. And the bottom line number continues to shrink because of our rules, regulations, and taxes in Oregon. This is a big one that for a lot of companies to come to our state and a lot of People are leaving our state because of this tax structure of what they call the cat tax. And that's number one. Also, I've talked, shared with you a little bit about this paid leave. I call it the paid leave tax, but they call it paid leave. It starts in January uh, 2023 that they will be taking 1% out of every employee's paycheck to put into a fund that's only used if they ask to use it and it starts effective September 2023 that they can start taking money out of this uh, paid leave uh, thing where they can get up to 12 weeks off to take care of family members or if they're ill or whatever they choose to do. So basically it is a, a tax, I call it, that will allow people to work nine months a year and get three three months off. Now, is this something that's going to happen regardless to every employee? Uh, yes, every employee in the state of Oregon. Washington has already done that. Two years ago, they put this in place, and it went from one, started at 1%, and they collect money for a whole year, and within six months, they bumped it to 2% because they ran out of money. Of course. So, again, that's the first question I always asked when I hear these uh, people talk about it. I said, is that 1% fixed, or is there... Wait, uh, movement. They say, oh, it's fixed. Why do you ask? I said, well, I do business in Washington and that's, they've already changed the number. And that's something we're famous for in Oregon is if we're not getting enough money, we'll continue to raise your taxes on you or take, mm-hmm. take advantage of people. And to me, I'm not about that. Absolutely. Basically what you're saying is that uh, come September, I can take some time off. You could. You could say, hey, I'm going to go home and take care of my wife for three months and uh, I'll see you, see you soon. I think the biggest thing for this is... Hey, Amanda, it, that's what's coming. No. Sorry. <laughs> so, Denied. So the biggest thing is is we need to... Um, I'm very concerned about our restaurants and people that are really working, trying to work hard, stay open, manage their labor. Uh, this is a, a good way for big businesses to take away uh, good employees from small businesses. And I, So and, mom and pop cafes are going to be struggling right now. 
Yeah, well, there's well, they are struggling right now, and they're going to be struggling more coming next next year because uh, people will be poaching employees because of this one uh, percent. Uh, you know, the employee is going to be affected because they're going to they're used to making a certain amount of money, and now all of a sudden one percent is going to be taken out of their paycheck every month and going into a fund that they can't touch. You, it's a and it's a fund. Use it or lose it. So oh. guess what? Everybody's going to use it. You can't take it with you. You can't, you know, year from now. It won't roll over from year to year? I'm not sure about the language on that. Um, I would have to look at that once I get in there, but that's something I I have asked about if it rolls over. But you have to use it or lose it type thing. So you know that everybody's going to try to uh, opportunity to take advantage of this. And So it's going to force people to take time off then? Exactly. Wow. Or find things, you know, excuses. They got to they got to file with the state. The state has to approve it, which is who knows who's on that board. So that's why I come back to who do we elect as our governor? Who do we elect to get control of the Senate to to manage this the way it should be? Um, when you have one party rule, they can make exactly what that says. One party rule makes the rules, and we need to revise this. And it's it's a bad idea, I think, and it affects small businesses that are trying to be successful. They're, you know, they're they're working hard. They're the the owner is already working twice as hard now because of the COVID situation and not finding people to hire. And in the times that they're open for business, they've had to shrink those. And if you've been in the restaurant business, it's about turning tables and being open longer hours. Well, they can't do that right now. So the bottom line number is shrunk so much and then cost of goods coming in the back door twice as much and everybody's of course raised their their lease payments and those type of things for their buildings i mean it, it is damaging to the small business person right now it is we are talking with dan farrington who's running for house district number 20 one of uh, one of my pet peeves is is the homelessness and the crime that it brings um yeah it's gotten out of control don't you think Yes, and that's the again the back to Measure One Ten, and we've had many articles in the in the Oregonian, and, and I don't know if I've seen one in the Statesman yet. But this this uh, measure has allowed people to carry drugs around with them, small amounts, which is you know if you're trying to get somebody cured and you you can still carry gra- drugs around with you, guess what? They're still going to be addicted. So we need to revise Measure One Ten, make it all about recovery, not about. And our one party rule voted to make sure that it went from a felony to a misdemeanor thinking that people would want to be recovered when they got busted instead and there's no consequence for them now because it's a misdemeanor they can choose to pay a hundred dollar fine or instead of paying the hundred dollars they can sign a form and said hey i'm going to come to this recovery class and they showed that lesson but how many people are going to show up at that recovery yeah, class yeah, less, come on that, you know that less than one percent and i guess one guy showed up three three times i think and then quit coming so just a bad measure bad rule or bad voting by our one party rule Democrats that chose that, hey, we're going to change this and think people are going to do it on their own. Guess what? People in recovery need help, and we need to have more transitional housing from once they get through recovery to get them into organizations like uh, the UGM or Team Challenge or Soaring Heights. There's different facilities around, but we don't have enough of those locations for people to go into. So we we need to make sure our funding goes towards transitional housing to help people be mentored and shown how to uh, recover mentally, physically, and then how to be productive back into society. The Union Gospel Mission, we had a gentleman in here a few mm-hmm. weeks back that went through that program. I mean, he was Changed homeless, his. lived in Fort Collins, Colorado for a couple of years Changed in a cemetery. He came out here and he joined Union Gospel Mission 
and he's doing remarkable now. He's back in school. He's he's just he's doing great. Yeah, there's a lot of great organizations like that out there, and we have to uh, get them to go in uh, these people to transition into that and say that there's value to them. We have to have them build in trust and other people, but again, building their self-esteem, getting confidence to be able to go out in the workforce and who they are. Because right now they feel guilty. They feel they need mentorship. That's what I've been doing for the last five years. I'm a mentor at the UGM with the New Life Fellowship Program. And and it's very rewarding for me because it changed my life and the way my perspective took off my blinders mm-hmm. of looking at different people the w- a different way now. Right. And I'm very encouraged to help these men and women. And the women are in the Samaka house. So uh, both, it's great if Anybody out there wants to be a mentor, please contact both organizations because they need more mentors. What what are the qualifications to become a mentor? Um, They do a background check, but also someone that has good conversation. I think it's really anybody that can come in and encourage um, men and women to be uh, successful. and Just be a, a sounding board, not trying to tell them how to do do things, but also just be listening. I mean, a lot of the guys uh, like the fact that I just walk with them and I listen to them. I give them a little bit of advice, but just more of being there, showing, you know, that the old line of like church is half the battle is just showing up and being, uh, being available. And just listening to them and not judging them. You're just listening yeah. to what they have to say. And I, I imagine you're hearing a lot of stories. Yes. Judging is, is you, that's what they love about it because I'm not judging them. I, I'm looking at them as a real person that can has value. I mean, these men have value. And once they get through the program, they want to succeed. And, um, you know, to, you know, lay higher, rehire a lot of guys back there, but also in our community. And, and you know, again, they still need mentorship because they need help. My my one guy that I've graduated a couple of years ago, he just calls me every week. And it's very, I just want to, I encourage him, but now he's encouraging me because I'm running for office. So I'm going like, <laughs> this is awesome. But he's encouraging other people in the program too. So again, when you give a little, people want to give back. And I, I, it's very, it's very rewarding. It's um, very humbling. Yeah. I admire that you get out there and you are boots on the ground with stuff like that because it is important. And a lot of people are blind to it. Or they choose to ignore it because it's just easier to do that. So I admire that you well, thank, are taking that on like that. Thank you. I think in anything that we do, even in my own business, we you have to be invested in it. And you've got to find out the pros and cons. I mm-hmm. mean, I had a lady email me and said, tell, wanted to tell me all the good things about Major 110. I said, let's meet. I want I want to hear what you think is the good things. And her focus was more on the recovery. And I said, well, they still can carry drugs around with them. That's that's the evil. That's the evil part of it. And, yeah. and sometimes people need to hear the opposite sides. And that's one thing about me. I'm going to listen to everybody, but I'm going to filter into what I think is best for our state, our community, and, you know, and my family. We're going to take a, a short break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about education. Um, good. You've got a lot to say about education. Don't you? Yes, oh, yes, I do. It's uh, wow. It, it is scary, and uh, we need we need to make some changes in that area. And um, you know, my opponent voted to lower the standards. Oh, actually, the Democrat Party voted to lower the standards in our state of Oregon. Even Kate Brown and Tina Kotek are all in favor of lowering standards for for our kids. And I don't think that's fair. No, fair. not at all. A quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting warmed up. Today's show being brought to you by the Lule Group. Lule's Car Connection. Don Lule Homes. Teresa Lule State Farm Insurance. Our guest today is Dan Farrington, who's running for House District Number 20. We'll be back after this short time out. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group.
We're back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. We are back with our final few minutes of today's show. Our guest is Dan Farrington, who's running for House District Number 20. Amanda Smith has joined us in here. Let's talk a little bit more about the education. Yeah, we're uh, this week in the Statesman Journal and the Oregonian came out uh, and talked about that we're 45th in the country as far as our education for our reading and math. And I know I've been talking a lot in the last several uh, meetings that I've been at that, you know, we need to do a better job between K and K, uh, kindergarten, fifth grade, that uh, fourth, when you're in fourth grade, you should be doing fourth grade reading. Mm-hmm. And, and here, here our standards were lowered, voted by our uh, governor, uh, Kate Brown, and supported by our Democrat Party, one-party rule guys and women that they wanted to lower our standards. And uh, here, here we see in the facts that, uh, you know, 45th in the country in reading and math, you know, we're not being successful in our education. We need to raise our standards and help uh, our kids achieve and, um, and have better expectations in our classrooms. Absolutely. Okay, so I kind of want to switch gears up a little bit really quick. So we've got four measures that are coming out that are pretty crucial. Yes. Would you mind kind of going over those with us? Sure. Um, Measure 111 is the health care, thinking that everybody needs to have health care, quality health care in our state, in which you have to read more than the first line in all these measures. There's a lot more detail to it. But 111 is is talking about we already have health care in our our state with uh, Oregon Health Plan and other things. And this measure is just going to lead up to more things. I think it's going to lead to universal health care if the Democrats have control. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, back to who's our governor and who's running our, or who's in charge of our Senate. But again, all these measures were written by the Democrats. So we have to realize that. And this would be a no for me. Uh, measure 112 talks about the first lines, talks about slavery. All of us would say, no, we don't want slavery in, in, written, but you have to read more than that. And this bill uh, or this measure allows uh, people that are incarcerated to be paid when they go out and work as they, they usually use that work as time to, for earlier release. And now they would have to pay them if this bill passes. Then 113 is about the walkout of, you know, if you miss more than 10 uh, uh, sessions in, in the House and Senate, you they you can't go up for re-election. Well, both parties have used that. Um, it is the reason why it's there. there there's a when the, one party has a rule, and there's rules that we we don't believe that will help Oregonians. We need to walk out, and uh, I say no on that too. So, and the last one is the guns, and that bill is just very messy. Very. And, and uh, I've I've heard. 14 other people talk about this bill, and, and it's just no, it's just poorly written. And um, so I would be four on all four of the measures, and um, I encourage people to to really look into the details about it and ask questions. Don't just read the first line and say yes. You need to read the whole thing because they're all no. When you win, how long do you serve? It's a two-year, two-year uh Senate is four years, and, and state representatives every two years we run. So, again, that's great accountability. I think we're in a position that uh, my opponent's been there four terms, 
And it's wow. about accountability. And look, the state is really failing. So it's, mm-hmm. I believe it's time for a change. He talks about him having experience. Well, the experience has actually ruined our state. Yeah. And I'm bringing a fresh new look to House District 20 from a business standpoint, but also education, but all public safety. Uh, all that. So Dan Farrington for Oregon.com is how do you, you can look at my website. And again, we're still taking uh, whatever donations that people can come in, but also signs. And if you can talk to your neighbors about me, that would be great. That's good. Is there an email that someone can send you an email? And uh... Well, I use everything, my personal stuff. Ah, so we it's... don't want to go that route. We don't want to go that route. So info at Dan Farrington for Oregon.com. Uh, is the best way to get a hold of my campaign manager and myself. We both get that email, and we can actually right now we're phone banking every night. So I'm walking in the afternoons and phone calls in the evenings uh, all the way up to uh, election night. Okay. Well, what do you do in your spare time? Uh, actually, I have to get up at 4 a.m. to go to work and get my work done, and uh, I, I think I sleep from about nine, <laughs> 9 nine to 3, and then I 3, I wake up thinking about what I need to do today. But mm-hmm. again, in, when you're in business, and, and, and I've been a coach for 40 years, you're always preparing to, to be the best you can, and I just look at it each day. I want to get better and um, get in front of as many people as possible. Absolutely. So what has been your biggest struggle with campaigning and leading up to this position? I wish that we had like nine days in a week instead of seven. <laughs> uh, and I think some people might think that's crazy, but you know, I, I, I like to be productive. I like to get things done and um, I like to, to be at everything. And I, I think I've really showed uh, this community and Monmouth Independence that, you know, I'm here every day. I, I, I grew up in Newport, Oregon. I'm from a small town. I, I enjoy that community a lot and uh, in the interaction. And I, I think people want there want to change. And I hope I can do that. And West Salem's the same thing. You know, we want business owners to be successful. We want employees to be successful and have the opportunity to grow. And then our children, we need to make sure that we have the right education, that they're learning reading, math, and arithmetic by grade, grade four. They should be up to date, and we need to do a better job of that. We need to support our teachers because our teachers do a great job. It's the people above the teachers are, are controlling them, how they, how they, what they teach and how they do things. Um, let's get out of the way. Let the teachers teach what they were professionals to be. Mm-hmm. What do you, how do you feel about crime in schools? Well, that's why I'm big on the SROs coming back to the schools. Yes. I think it's very important, uh, very important to have them. And you know, it's interesting. I talked to uh, the Monmouth Police about their SROs at uh, Talmadge. Uh, they have um, a half detect slash half detective half SRO, and people are coming up to him and sharing, uh, you know, issues that they're having at home or in the, you know, wherever. And here he is, a detective. He's able to do his detective work after he meets with them and help support them in a positive way. And people, I think, are trusting the police officers Mm -hmm. that they can come to them and know they're safe. Instead of a security guard or a behavior specialist or a counselor at a school, a police officer has the communication with them. And I think they think, oh, they're going to take me to prison. No, it's not a not school to prison type thing. It is someone that's going to talk to him, talk him down from thing. If he has a knife, he's just going to say, hey, why don't you take that home and come back? He's not going to arrest him. You know, they are very positive in our community, and we need to have that. And I think also you need to have concealed weapon people inside the building that you, we don't need to. We don't need their names. They just need to be that person that's available to protect our kids. I think that about all businesses, actually. I, I have I agree. a couple of grandchildren, uh, and Amanda's got a son who's in school. And uh, I, I know for myself, and I know Amanda, too, we worry every day. Every day I'm worried, is today the day? Is somebody going to get into that school? Yeah. 
and it's it's uh, yeah. it's horrible. Well, you have to realize that the, the police officers are trained to know their surroundings. And if you, a security guard is just protecting one area or a behavior specialist is seeing one thing, the police officer sees everything. He knows what, when things are tense or whenever people, his surroundings, he knows what's going on. And I think that that's a valuable tool. We need to take more value into our kids. Right now, I just don't see it. All right, Dan, with the last 30 seconds or so, uh, why vote for Dan Farrington? Well, I think you need to vote for Dan Farrington because he's pro-business. He's going to help business owners help get these tax structures peeled back and rules and regulations so they can do their jobs. But also, I'm pro-education, pro-public safety, and homelessness. I, I, I think I have a plan, and I really would like to help uh, Governor Drazen uh, make that plan. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's how we like to hear it. Uh, Dan, when you win the election, will you come back and uh, hang out with us for a little bit? I would love to. All right. Thank you Amanda, so much thank you. Again. Yeah, thank you, Terry. We're just about out of time for today's show. Remember, you can catch our show every Saturday at 10 a.m. and a replay Sundays at 6 p.m. right here on Salem's original radio station, KSLM. A reminder, if you missed any of today's show or would like to hear any of my shows, you can always hear a podcast on our official KSLM website at www.kslm.news or on my official website at www.terrysaul.com. If you would like to drop me a note, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is terry at kslm.news. We'll see you next time. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to The Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is brought to you by the Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Holmes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. That's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Good show. Bye, everybody.